0: You can turn the lights on now. We've been talking about relationships for the last three weeks, and you guys are probably like, what does the incredible Hulk have to do with that? Well, glad you're at it. Well, I I really didn't ask for answers, but that's a possibility, but not where I'm going tonight. Uh I brought that up, uh, although the analogy don't take it too far. It is a little far fetched, uh, but here's why I brought this up. David Banner, who is the guy that we saw at the beginning before he hulked out. Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner. Bruce, Bruce Banner. That's what I said. <laughs> He's played by a game. I think I it's The guy that played him in the TV's the name is David Banner. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Bruce Banner turns into the Hulk because there's a foreign substance. He's got this this thing that's in him that causes his body to change. Now, at first I was thinking, well, that's kind of not similar to us, and then I started to think, well, but wait a minute. You know, we learned when we talked about the identity series, we were created in an God's image, and then something happened. So in some ways, a foreign substance did enter us. And that's our sin nature. And what you couldn't see on this clip is that when Bruce Banner has these things happen to him, when they show him hulking out, he's he's trying to fight it back. He doesn't want it to happen, and yet that war is waging in. If you want to go to the next slide. Um, Just hold that up. We're going to read that in just a minute. Well, I'll read the first one now. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For those are opposed to each other, to keep them from doing the things you want to do. Now, in relationships, this happens a lot. Um, Just the other day, Michelle and I, you guys know, we were gone last week. We were down in uh,
1: Indiana, and then in
0: Atlanta, visiting family. And we had had just an amazing week together. It was awesome. We had spent 28 hours. Michelle, would you to stand up for anybody that doesn't know you? Really. That would be Michelle, my wife. <laughs> anyway, we spent 28 hours in the park. Not once did the radio go on. We had that whole time to talk and loved it. And it was just a great time. We got home and we're sitting around the kitchen table, and I was just filled. It's going to kind of make you go through the gross, whatever. I was filled with love for my wife. Woo! I mean, I was filled. Every inch of me was just filled. I was like tingling, like shooting out my fingertips. It was just a great time. And I and I, and I just, one moment we were. I don't know if you look at the mail or something. We're just sitting around the table. I just looked at her and said, I love you so much. Just kind of kind of out of the blue. I mean, just that's how I felt, okay? Fifteen minutes later, she asked me a question. Somehow we got on a topic, and she asked it in such a way that I kind of took it defensively. And I mean like the Hulk almost famed the Papa. I just turned on a dime. And the flesh in me was like, she's doubting me. She's, she doesn't believe me in this. What is going on? Now, friends, I'm not kidding you. Fifteen minutes earlier, like I was swooning with love. My eyes were just (laughs) hearts. And then all of a sudden, I Hulk up because the flesh in me was fighting. It happens. What do we do about that? We,
1: for those, I know
0: there are some of you who are here for the first time. And so we have spent the last four weeks talking about relationships. And so we've talked about godly relationships that are in the spirit where we're others oriented. And that's what last week was. Two weeks ago, we talked about the flesh side of it, where you're just self-centered. Everything's all about you. All your relationships are from your vantage point. You only think about you. No, no, not boy, girl, any relationship, all kinds, friends, parents, teachers, we talked about all the different kinds of relationships. And so we start with the flesh, them into the spirit, and it, it's this great thought of we can really live others-oriented, yet, I don't know about you, but I am constantly battling selfishness in the flesh, and it's just kind of frustrating. You know, there's different passages, and we'll get into all of them where, where Paul, who wrote this, said, You are dead in the flesh. It's dead, it's done. That sounds good. I'm like, well, what's going on? Why am I still fighting? And then he spends a lot of other times. So you can go to the next one, although this is James, so God's Word talks about this. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not that your passions are at war within you? At war within you. That's what was going on. It's at war within you, and it was at war within me. Your desire. And do not have, you desire, you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. And then the last one, which is really the one that I I resonate with the most, is in is Paul in Romans talking about, I don't understand my actions. I don't, I do not do what I want to do. So I want to do the right thing. Inside my mind is going, I want to do the right thing. But I don't do it. Why is that? Well, it's that war within. For I delight the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind. So my mind wants to do the right thing, but there's something in there going, "Uh uh-uh, I want to do this. And guess what? I'm the Hulk. So I'm coming out. Wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? And friends, I have felt that way at times. I don't know about you. I have gone. I am just disgusting. I don't want to be with myself right now. I know the right thing to do. I even want to do the right thing. I'm just flat loving my wife, and then boom. The flesh just comes out. Well, not to bore you with long theological words and things like that, but that, friends lets us know something what theologians call sanctification. Even though there are true realities about where we stand and what Christ has done on the cross, that battle within is a lifelong battle. We'll have it all our lives. It's a process of sanctification, and I'm going to talk about it in a minute, where we change bit by bit But we won't be rid of that flesh, that Hulk, until Jesus comes back. And so it's kind of like, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me? Well, we know. Paul goes on to say, thanks be to God that Jesus has saved me. Now, I want to read a quick parable about how we can deal with this and how we participate in. The sanctification process. Because when in, in uh, Galatians, walking by the Spirit, we talked about that in Y'all know the song, the fruit of the Spirit, sing it all out if you know it, in your head if you want. <laughs> well, when, when Paul writes about those fruits, those are things that the Spirit does, and when the Spirit is at work, we, we evidence those things. We can't really do anything about it. We can't manufacture that ourselves. And so we have our part to play, though, that then can enable the Spirit to work. All right, I'm going to read a parable and then we're going to go into this. One evening, an old man told his grandson about a battle that goes on inside him. He said, My son, the battle is between two wolves inside us all. One is evil. It is anger, envy, jealousy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. Similar to the list in Galatians 5 that we The other is good it is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. Some of the things we read. In Galatians 5. One is evil, one is good. The grandson thought about it for a minute, and then he asked his grandfather Grandfather, which wolf wins? The old man replied The one you feed, my son. The one you feed. That is the sanctification process, friends. When we feed the flesh, so in Galatians 6 8, just right after, I'm just going to read this quickly. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. It's what that parable was saying. When you feed the flesh, you're going to reap the flesh and you're going to reap all the things that come with it. When you feed the Spirit, the Spirit is going to come alive and the Spirit is going to transform you and you're going to have the fruits of the Spirit and so much more. That's a process. So you ask, well, then that's great, Lane, so what do I do? Well, what do you mean by feed my flesh? How do I feed my flesh? Well, I have two ways, and, just, and there are many ways, but there's two that I want to highlight tonight. One's an external way. And that is something, and I, and I chose this one for you guys in particular because it is something you all deal with every day. It's something you deal with that I didn't deal with quite as much when I was your age, and that is social media. Think about it, moment. Social media, how, how does it work? What is it all about? Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I call it brag book. Isn't it? Isn't that what it's about? Isn't it the cool stuff I'm doing, look what I'm doing. I mean, what is the latest phenomena right now with cameras? If you got a camera, what do you do? Say it it out loud with me. One, two, three. You take a selfie. selfie. A what? An other picture? You take a picture of your friends? I mean, they might be in there with you, but you know you're in there. Selfies. I mean, just think about that for a minute. We laugh about it. We make up these words, but think about that. What is the avenue of this, of social media? It is self-promotion. It is me. It is feeding my flesh. It is doing things so others can see how many friends I have on Facebook, how many likes I got on my Instagram picture, who's favoriting me. You may not think that's a big deal because everybody's doing it, but I promise you you are feeding the flesh. And your ability to relate to your friends and think about them and care about them and be a true... Dimension because the whole time you're thinking about what do they think about me? Do they like me? Do they like my fish? You're feeding the flesh. Alright, so that's one, that's an external one that's out there that you will have to deal with. You gotta figure that one out. But I, but I but I do want to challenge you in that to think through what is the motivation for my use of social media. Am I really trying to connect with my friends? And see how they're doing and just keep up with everybody? Or am I about myself getting out there in front of as many people as I can? <clears throat> All right, the other one I wanna talk about is a little bit more of an internal one. Sometimes it's called introspection. I have spent a life battling this one. When I was your age, I was pretty good at sports, pretty decent athletes. So people thought well of me. But whenever I would do something, whenever I'd play a game, whenever I would just be in front of people, I would, I mean, it was disgusting after a while. I would have a great basketball game, score 20 points. And then I'm riding the bus after the game, and the whole time I'm just thinking, what if what's everybody thinking? they know I scored 20 points. Or I would just even take it further, I'd go, what if I would have scored 24 points? What if I would have broken the record? I, all of a sudden, I just would and – then, and then it wouldn't happening right after the game. Then I'm driving down the road, and I'm, like, thinking about, Boy, what if I would have scored that goal instead of just missed? I remember, what would they have thought of? So I, just, I, I would just think about those things when I was by myself. I would just think about things that I do and how I do them, and do people like me because of this? So I just spent a lot of time doing that. So then as I got older, and I would be doing work, and I would do something, and I would just finish having made a presentation, I would sit down. I'd do it again. I had fed that flesh so much, I couldn't stop. It. I have to confess to you right now, there are times even right now, I would walk out of there tonight and I will go to bed. Fed that flesh for a long time. Thinking that way. Now, the Lord has done a great work, and I and, and I don't do it nearly as much, but friends, I fed it for a long time. And what does scripture say? That which you sow, you will reap. And if you sow and sow and sow and sow, you've got a big deal that's going to take a long time to reap. And get rid of that. So think about that. When you're alone and you're wondering what others are thinking about you, be careful. Be careful that you are not feeding the flesh. All right. Those are a couple of ways to feed the flesh. So how do we feed the spirit? Well, I'm going to give you three pretty quick ones. One is being in God's Word. Okay? I want to say three things. Don't forego being in the Word, being in fellowship, the Word, being in fellowship, being in prayer. Those three things. You remember those. Same with me. Being in the Word, being in fellowship, being in prayer. Okay? Those three things. What do I mean by that? Well, when you read God's Word, I can't tell you the number of times that I've been in the Word, and I will be at odds with someone rarely than show. And I'll be reading God's Word, and I will be convicted of something that I've done. Or if I'm frustrated because I've been hurt, I'll read a verse that that talks about forgiveness, and the Spirit will convict me of that in a good way, in a healthy way. God's Word is powerful. And there's just been countless number of times where I've read His Word, and He speaks to me through it, in a situation about a friendship or about a a relationship that I have. So being in His Word, it is a lie. Being in fellowship. The way God created us is to be in relationship. We talked about that earlier. But one of the things is, is when we're in fellowship with believers, we get a chance to see what a spirit-filled life looks like. Now, not perfectly, but we get to see that model. We're with others who will lovingly maybe call us out when we need to be called out. But we know that they love us. That's what it talks about, do not forego meeting with fellow believers. Don't do it. We need them. They need us. That's a way that the Spirit works through us and in us, is when we're with one another. And finally in prayer, in Romans, um, Romans 8, Likewise the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray. The Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I was reading through a a story, and I came across something that I just wanted to share quickly. Um, This guy, Johanna, I won't even try to pronounce his last name. He's Palestinian. He's a pastor in Jerusalem. And every day, Israeli soldier, soldiers could stop him anytime they wanted to and check him and, and just give him a hard time at the border. And after a while, this took two hours, three hours. It was just a giant nuisance, and he wasn't doing anything wrong. He was just Palestinian, and they could do it. And he, he had tried to love his enemies. He knew that, that God says love our enemies, and he had enemies right there. And that's real. We don't really have that, friends. But there, it's real. They are enemies, and this guy's like, I gotta love them. But God, I don't love them. I don't. I, I don't feel any love for them. And he cried out, and in crying out in prayer, God answered his prayer, and He answered it in this way. He said, "The radical love of Christ is not an emotion." decision. So through that prayer, God convicted him that, listen, it isn't going to be something you feel, but you know what to do. So he made the decision to stop being frustrated, <coughs> and he started sharing the gospel message to the soldiers in the street. Bit by bit, he began to carry copies of a flyer with him, written in Hebrew and English with a quotation from Isaiah 53 and the words real love printed across the Every time a soldier stopped him, he handed him his ID card in the flyer, because the quote came from Hebrew Scriptures. The soldier usually asked him about it before letting him go. After several months, Johanna realized his feelings for the soldier had changed. I was surprised, Joe. He said it was a process, and sanctification is a process. But I didn't pay attention to the process. My older feelings were not different. I would pass in the same street, see the same soldiers as before, but now finding myself praying, again. Lord, let them stop me this time so that I can share the love of Christ. Prayer. God answers those prayers. What area do you need to work in? Some of you are feeding the flesh constantly. You want to have your own way, have your own say. You want to get people to play the way you want to play. How's that working for you? you find that you have a lot of friends that are racing to you when you're that focused on yourself? Maybe you do. When you are a friend that sees someone else acting that way, how drawn are you to that person? Some of you are feeding the flesh. Others of you may not be feeding your flesh as strongly, but you're not feeding the Spirit. You're not seeing fruit that attracts others to you in the relationship. You're not seeking to let the Spirit do its sanctifying work. I don't know which one it is. We're going to break up now into groups.